skeptical about custom beauty, honestly, y'all, I totally get it. My feed is flooded with customize this and personalize that, all promising, you know, to fix all of our beauty, hair, and skin problems. Truthfully, I was so skeptical when I saw this brand, but I'm a total believer now. When pros says custom, they actually mean it. Their products are no gimmicks, and your formula couldn't exist without you. Each and every bottle of Pro's custom hair care and skin care is made to order and personalized with unique blends of naturally powerful and proven effective ingredients to meet your needs. Their in-depth consultation analyzes over 80 factors for a complete view of your life and beauty goals. And they get personal. Pro's covers everything from your concerns to diet, exercise, and stress levels to uncover what's impacting your hair and skin health. Did you know, for example, that Minneapolis has like weirdly hard water, which apparently was affecting my hair. So like some of the ingredients that they put into my hair care was to like deal with the fact that we have hard water. Wow. I love that. They also asked me things like, you know, because I have had a baby recently, like, am I still breastfeeding? What are my hair goals? And I also really appreciated they asked like, how much effort do you want to put into your hair? Yeah, <laughs> because like I'm at the point, you know, I used to let, yeah, I used to do those, you know, put effort into my appearance, but now it's like, I just want to be able to walk out of the door without feeling self-conscious. Um, I, this is truly such a genuine endorsement. So I've really enjoyed using these products. But don't just take our word for it. In a third-party, double-blind, dermatologist-supervised control clinical trial, this is like the gold standard of all of these trials, Pros proved that personalization works better than off-the-shelf alternatives. Try it for yourself and get your healthiest hair in 30 days or your money back. Pros is so confident that you'll love your results that they're offering our listeners an exclusive trial offer so you can see the difference custom care can make. 50% off your first subscription order at pros.com slash justbreakup. That's P-R-O-S-E dot com slash justbreakup for your free consultation and 50% off your one-of-a-kind formulas, pros.com slash justbreakup. Making everyone happy on vacation isn't easy, but you know what is? Going to Aruba. All you have to do is walk out your door to find pristine pools, relaxing white sand beaches, and an island teeming with outdoor activities that'll put a smile on any face. You won't just feel great, you'll all feel great, filled with a calmer, more peaceful vibe that radiates Aruba's warmth. And the best part is, it never fades. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your family trip at aruba.com. Welcome to Just Break Up, the podcast about love, heartbreak, and all the relationship advice you don't want to hear. My name is Sierra DeMolder. And I'm Sam Blackwell. And today we're going to answer a letter from somebody who is struggling with her current phase in life. But before we begin, we just want to give you our Surgeon General's warning, which is that Sierra and I are not licensed mental health practitioners. No, not even close. We are not professionals. We are not trained in any of this. So please take our advice as you see fit. We're only here to offer our humble musings to hopefully shed some understanding and maybe some laughs about the incredibly rewarding but mostly confusing experience that is love. All right, let's get into today's letter. So today's letter comes from Just Juniper, whose pronouns are they, she who is writing from a big field of flowers, but I am breathing quite rapidly. I am 23 years old, and this last year of my life has been incredibly important and full of growth, while being equally confusing and at times devastating. 
For context, I moved to my current state slash city in the fall of 2021 with some friends, colleagues of mine for better work opportunities. We met in the restaurant industry and the city has one of the best food scenes in the country. The move was led by the executive chef I was working for prior to moving here. And he was not only an incredible mentor to me professionally, but also one of the most important people that has ever been part of my life. Let's call him Buddy, as we would always call him our Buddy Guy. A few short months after we settled in here, he unfortunately and unexpectedly passed away. I had already been feeling a bit of burnout, but his passing solidified my decision to take a long break from restaurant cooking, the industry I had been in since I was 14. I decided to spend the next year and a half nannying, which I am so grateful for as this gave me time to heal, to spend time with myself and get to know myself in this new city. I will also say taking a toddler to every park and museum you can find is a great way to get to know a new place. I became and remain incredibly close with my nanny kids and their family as a whole, and I can't imagine my life without them. That being said, in March of last year, I was itching to get back into my industry. My kids had started school and the other nanny gigs I picked up weren't really fitting right with me. And although I loved the time to rest and retreat into myself, I began to feel lonely and isolated. I missed the chaos of the kitchen, the artistry of fine dining and being around my peers. So I went back to cooking and found a restaurant with a mission and a team of people I absolutely loved. It was a bit of a rocky start. I had to grieve the loss of Buddy in a way that I knew would only come when I was back in the kitchen. I was a bit rusty and hesitant, and it took a few weeks for me to find my groove again, but once I did, it seemed like everything fell into place in ways I could only have dreamed of. Buddy told me every day he couldn't wait to see me thrive here, and I was doing it. I was socializing again, making friends. I felt more passionate about my cooking than I had in years. I even started dating for the first time in my entire life, and although that has brought its own set of struggles, I am grateful to be moving through those new life experiences. Six months later, though, this beloved new restaurant closed, and although that came with a lot of heartbreak, I am so grateful for all the people from there that remain in my life, some still working with me today. I now work at a Michelin-recommended, award-winning restaurant with a new team of people that I absolutely adore. I have come so far, and I'm so proud of myself in life and in my career. All this to say that my dilemma comes now, almost a year into my return to the industry. Despite all this accomplishment, all these good things, I find myself feeling messy, chaotic, confused, and afraid that I have absolutely no idea what I am doing. I am so grateful to be involved in my community again, and also I am trying to navigate the stress, embarrassment, and feelings of imposter syndrome that come with it. Sometimes the weight of being known, of being out of hiding, makes me panic. Moving up in my industry makes me panic. Dating for the first time is making me panic. I often find myself wishing I could just talk to Buddy. He was like a big brother to me, and I would go to him with everything in my professional and personal life. If he were here, if he were still here, I would be saying all of this to him over Thai food, and he would give me the perfect advice, loving affirmation, and a big bear hug that would fix all my problems. My therapist of over a decade said something last summer, which has stuck with me a lot. She said, you have spent plenty of time intellectualizing your life. Now it is just time to let yourself live it. And here I am, seven months into just letting myself live it, and I miss the comfort of the intellectualizing. I have always been reclusive, and I am trying to embrace all the joys of being known while equally struggling with having to confront so many new parts of myself, not all of which I like. I feel myself becoming less soft. At time, I feel at times like I am losing my gentle. 
All the peace that I found when my whole life was just teaching kids about bugs and flowers and pesto feels so far away. Now I find myself frustrated by the disappointment of rejection, the grief of loss, the fear that I will not progress in my work the way that I want to. I feel like my life was on pause for a long time, and now I'm afraid of the way all these growing pains are changing me as a person. Amidst all of this, I am in the middle of the heartache that comes with deep unrequited love and that triggers more feelings of inadequacy when I let it. I know that maybe this is just what this time in my life is about, but also I could really use some advice on how to cope with it all. More often than not, I find myself feeling embarrassed or frustrated simply at the fact that I am human. All of this together has brought a lot of feelings of bitterness or maybe just emotional exhaustion. I often describe myself as equal parts optimism and catastrophe. And though I may be able to remain generally optimistic, passionate, and joyful as I move through this world, when I come home, I am deeply sad. I want more out of life than this. I want love and romance and gentleness. I want to leave a social interaction feeling content instead of feeling full of anxiety that I said the wrong thing or that I was too loud or that I was safer when I was in hiding. I have OCD and an anxiety disorder, so these thoughts are incredibly hard to dismiss, and I feel guilty for feeling all of it. When I write it out, I see that I have so much to be grateful for, to be proud of. Just, I feel overwhelmed. I hate being in my early 20s. So I guess my vague and long-winded question is this. How do you cope with being in this phase of life, balancing the relief of growing into yourself with the grief, loss, and embarrassment that comes with it? I know this question is messy and I apologize. Any musings you have are greatly appreciated. All my love, Juniper. All right, Juniper. Thank you so much for writing and for trusting us with this letter. You know, I hope you hear it back as we, as Sam read it back to you, you know, that this is a difficult time for you. This is a difficult transition. Um, And I guess I just want to start by saying it's okay that it's difficult right now. That doesn't tell me anything about you that I don't recognize in myself. Um, Your early 20s and the rest of your life, but your early 20s in particular, it is a time of huge pressure to find yourself and be sure-footed. Pressure from you know, capitalism and the need for money and a job pressure from, uh, you know, the, if not the relationship escalator, the, the high school to career to college, you know, college to career escalator. Um, and it's also just a time where we, you are still part of the transition from youth into adulthood. And I don't mean that pejoratively. I mean that biologically and societally and all of those things is that like, I don't think I was truly an adult until I was 31, to be honest, um, in both emotional maturity, like uh, everything. Um, anyway, we'll get into that more, but before we take a very quick break, I want to tell you, I want to read a quick quote from the poet laureate of Denver, Andrea Gibson, uh, a famous spoken word poet who, if you don't know their work, go find them. Um, They once wrote that everybody loves butterflies, but I trust caterpillars more. I trust the ones who know they aren't done. And I love that as a reminder that there's power and magic in the transitional state. 
Um, and that just because we don't necessarily know we, where we are or who we are right now, that doesn't mean you're doing anything wrong. It's, it's part of the process to be unsure. So we're going to tell you more in a minute, but first we're going to take a quick break. All right, y'all know that Sam and I record every single episode of Just Break Up virtually. So I literally see this beautiful person on Zoom like multiple times a week. And every time Sam pops up into Zoom, I comment on their outfit. And I swear, like 99% of the time, I'm like, oh my God, that outfit is so cute. Where did you get it? Sam says quince. You too can upgrade your wardrobe with luxury essentials at unbeatable prices. Quince is here to transform the way you shop with a range of high quality items priced within reach. That's right. They have 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters for $50, organic cotton sweaters, washable silk tops, and timeless 14 karat gold jewelry. And the best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middle person and passes that saving on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and and premium fabrics and finishes. I love that. Y'all have heard me talk about my leather bag that I use as both a laptop bag and a diaper bag. And I love it because (laughs) (laughs) honestly, it looks really cute in every single circumstance that I use it. Indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com slash justbreakup for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's quince.com slash justbreakup to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash justbreakup. All right, Head & Heart workers, you know I'm all about tackling our money shame and becoming fiscally empowered, regardless of how much money we make or how much debt we have. I think it's such a crucial step in our own self-acceptance and empowerment. That's why I love that today's episode is sponsored by Rocket Money. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. With Rocket Money, you can see all of your subscriptions in one place. And if you see something you don't want, you can just cancel it with a tap. You never have to get on the phone with customer service. They'll even try to get you a refund for the last couple of months of wasted money and negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is take a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in canceled unwanted subscriptions. And listen, we always talk to you about like conflict styles and open and honest communications, but honestly, save your energy and get Rocket Money to cancel those subscriptions for you. (laughs) Stop wasting money. You don't need to practice that. Yeah. We don't need to do head and heart work with like customer service representatives. You know what I mean? Like just like... Use the middle person. (laughs) Just get Rocket Money in there to help you do what you need to do. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash justbreakup. That's rocketmoney.com slash justbreakup. Rocketmoney.com slash justbreakup. All right, everyone. Welcome back. Um, 
you know, I, I just so deeply relate to your letter, Juniper, um, because I, I remember what it feels like to be in that phase of early twenties, sort of like entering into a new phase of adulthood. And I remember the conflicting feelings of being so sure about who I was and what I wanted and also feeling absolutely like I had no idea what I was doing any of the time, <laughs> right? Like it was like, it was either or, right? Like, yes, absolutely. I want to be doing this thing and this thing is going to be amazing. Or I can't believe that everyone is operating as if I'm not a big doofus and they're just pretending like, I can't believe that they can't see it in the way that I can. And I, I, I so deeply relate to that and, and can feel it in your letter. You know, I, I think about like, what 23 year olds do I know that are working in Michelin star restaurants? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that's amazing that that is what you have been able, <laughs> yeah, that's you've, what you've been able to accomplish in your time working in the industry. And I think that that's really impressive and cool. And also I can only imagine how much of an imposter I would feel like as the newest person in a Michelin star restaurant. You know, there are so many jobs that I have worked where I have walked in the doors and been like, what a load of crock that they hired me to do this. Like, I absolutely don't understand. And especially if you're in a place where you're the least experienced, you're the youngest, you don't have the same level of education or whatever the situation might be that you're sort of walking into to look around and then be like, really me? Like, you think that I'm ready for this? Like, you think that I can be able to do this? I think it's so deeply relatable and so, so quintessentially starting out on a new sort of iteration of your life. And, and I want to just say that like, my guess is, is that every person in that restaurant that you are working at has felt the same way that you're feeling right now at this restaurant or some other restaurant that they've worked for, right? Like you are not uniquely unqualified for this job, right? Like you are like, everyone starts somewhere. Everyone has to get their experience somewhere. And at that moment, that's you. And I can totally understand how like discomforting that can feel when you're looking around at people who are so good at what they do and are so are older than you or more experienced than you are. But I want to say that like you belong there, even if it doesn't feel that way, you are, you are ready for this iteration of your journey. Even if it doesn't feel like you've got your shoes on or your, your backpack on red, right at this moment, right? Like you're still like, wait a minute, I need to, I'm not ready to walk. I need to do all of these things. Like you're ready. And guess what? You're walking, right? Like it's already happening. Yes. Yes. All of that. Um, I want to pull out one thing from your letter about your, about grief and about your dear mentor buddy. I'm, I'm so sorry for your loss and for how destabilizing that ha continues to be. Um, but I, I want to like lovingly, I want to, I want to hug you. And then also like lovingly, um, maybe push against some of what your brain is doing while it is so soaked in this grief and this time of transition, you know, grief makes us all some, sometimes grief does the like polite funeral etiquette thing 
where it sort of like dulls the sharp edges and polishes reality to a certain extent. Like we, we only like to remember people that we love and miss and mourn perfectly because it's easier. It's, it's, it's less complicated and it's easier to swallow to say like, buddy would always have perfect advice. You would always say the right thing. And I'm not saying that Buddy did it. <laughs> For sure. Buddy <laughs> you know, sounds I, great. <laughs> I'm not, what I'm not pointing out, what, what, excuse me, what I'm trying to point out is that you may still be feeling this way if Buddy were here because Buddy's presence isn't a fixed all for everything. It's not, it's not going to be a perfect key to make this not like this. I think that in moments of grief and in moments of stress, we often think, oh, if we just had this one thing, if I just had thing, this one thing, would Buddy's presence probably calm you? Would it, it make you feel more supported? Would he have great advice? Yes. None of this is to like devalue this person, but just to say, you know what? I think my grief is making me catastrophize the fact that I don't have him. Is it awful? Is it painful? Yes. All of those things. And also this wouldn't, you know, you are whole now you were whole and capable when you knew buddy with and without his advice and you were whole and capable now with or without his advice. Does that make sense? Like this is nothing to, devalue buddy. Um, and, and damn, do I know how much I, how much I long to be able to talk to the people who are no longer in my life, um, to get their perspective on something or just to have them tell me that they're proud of me. Like, I know that that is a powerful grief. And also because you are an intellectualizer, because you are obviously someone who, who has like multiple wheels going at once in your mind, I want to slow this one and say, buddy might be a comforting force in this moment, but he wouldn't be the fix all key to make everything better. Like it, you have that within yourself, you know, you aren't missing it right now, if that makes sense. For sure. Absolutely. And, and my guess is, is that even with buddy in your life, you would still be feeling this confusion, yes. this uncertainty, because you're not doing anything wrong. You know, I think that this phase yes, in our that's life, what I'm trying to stress that yeah, yeah. this phase in our life is just about confusion. And let me tell you, like, there are going to be lots of phases in your life that are about a lot of confusion, right? There are so many different ways in which things happen to us and we, we couldn't prepare or understand them until they happen. And then we have to figure out how to deal with them the first and only time, you know, like this is the first and only time you're going to lose buddy. And of course it's confusing. Of course you don't know how to navigate it. And in however many years you're going to lose someone else close to you or a job or something else is going to happen where you're going to have to figure it out as you go along, because that's what being a human is. That's what living in this world is about is we actually don't have a game plan for everything. And part of what, part of what I think being an adult means, or what I think it's easier as you get more used to it is recognizing that we are just all making it up as we go along, right? That we are all confused all the time and leaning into that curiosity, leaning into that confusion can sometimes just make it easier to navigate it, right? I don't have to do this perfectly. I just have to try something, right? Or it's not my fault that I don't know how to do this. This is the first time I've ever experienced it. So what do I want to try first, you know? And, and I, 
I really love the part of your letter that speaks to me most is this idea that you feel like you're sometimes losing your gentle, right? That it was easier when you were by yourself to be able to be kind and to be able to, to be gentle with yourself and with other people. And I think that's probably true, right? I think that, that especially the type of work that you're doing, I know that working in restaurant kitchens is like breakneck and can be really toxic in lots of different ways and also like deeply rewarding and fun and cool and awesome. Absolutely. Like all those things. And when we are in those high pressure environments, when we are moving really quickly, it is easy to lose our gentle and that gentle is always accessible to you. And what I think is, what I think is important and what I really love about your letter is that you're recognizing that that's happening. And what I want to tell you is, is that like, yes, gentleness takes intention. Gentleness takes time. It takes nurturing. And so as you're thinking about this new iteration of your life, this new phase of your life, I want you to also be thinking about what are you tending to as you're investigating what it means to be back in a kitchen? What are you tending to as it feels like as you are figuring out what it means to start dating people for the first time? And I want to tell you that like the solutions to your questions are probably not in the kitchen or in with someone else, right? The solutions to your questions are probably in time spent tending to yourself right? Taking care of yourself. And that doesn't mean isolating, right? That doesn't mean that you need to retreat from everything. But I, I do want to make sure that as you are entering into this new phase of your life where you're being more social, where you're working this hard job, to not lose sight of the fact that this type of work that you've so intentionally cultivated over the last year is something that you can continue. It will just need more intention behind it. You will need to be thinking about if gentleness is a value of mine, if gentleness is how I want to define myself and move through the world, what sort of care do I need to take of that? And how do I find it when my job is really stressful and when I'm going on a bunch of dates and I'm feeling rejected? What are the practices? Where do I come back to to remind myself to be gentle in a world where I'm around a lot of other people who may be disappointing or mean or the most kind person I've ever met, or I might lose somebody who is really deeply important to me. Yeah. And I want to say too, you know, you deserve both. You deserve your, you deserve to be able to take and tend and care for yourself. Like take that time, know what you need. Like I, I this popped into my mind when Sam said, you know, this doesn't mean be reclusive. And I was like, yes, I feel like we so often we do the pendulum swing, you know, of like, oh, I'm really overwhelmed. Um, and I feel like I'm drowning in my life right now. I'm going to pull way back. I'm not going to engage with the things that stress me out or, you know, whatever. Or we go way the way the or we go in the other direction where we become dependent on other people saving us from ourselves or like our know? work or whatever it might be. Right. Yes. Yeah. And we deserve both. We deserve to be seen and held by other people because we all, we all need other people and we deserve to be able to have the space practice resources to tend to ourselves, For sure. you know, and so much of life is about the pendulum swing, right? So much of life is about recognizing the places where we need to push forward or move back. And that doesn't mean that that, 
defines us for the rest of our lives, which I think is sometimes how it feels when we're in our 20s, right? Like I need to pick a thing because that will be the thing that I always do. And there's so many opportunities to try new things, to pull back, to move forward, to shift, to change. And that's available to you even in your 20s and beyond. There's also like real 20s grief that there's that when it comes to understanding that life is both hard and joyful. You know what I mean? Like when I read the line, I'm losing my, my gentle, I, it made me think about like how life hardens us and how like if life hasn't dev- devastated you yet, like buckle up. Yeah, it will. Because will. Yeah. <laughs> suffering is guaranteed, mm-hmm. you know, and so much of maturity and peace is about accepting that, you know? And I think about your letter where you say, like, it felt so much simpler to be teaching children, you know, the pinnacle of innocence about flowers and bugs and pesto, right? Mm. And life is that. And it's also death. And it's also anxiety. (laughs) For sure. And it's also burns and stress and money and self-doubt. And it's also these moments of extreme peace and joy. And I mean, that's what I'm settling into in this season of my life. Still in my late thirties, I'm, I'm saying, okay, it's okay that it's both, especially now that I'm a parent and knowing that my child is only in the pesto and bug stage. <laughs> you know what I mean? For sure. <laughs> She's only there right now. Um, and I, I, I'm going to be able to watch in real time. If I'm fucking lucky, I'm going to be able to watch the world harden her. And that's, that's a lot to swallow, you know, and and that's what you're swallowing right now. My darling letter writer, like you are sitting in the reality of life actualizing itself around you. And that's fucking hard. So give yourself credit, you know, it's all worth it. It's all worth it, but it it is, it is both. Um, I want to say two more things. And one of them is a children's book. (laughs) You, you express this panic that you feel or this, anxiety that you feel around new dates or, or around, um, new things, you know, putting yourself out there or whatever, um, about a new job or whatever. And there's this children's book. I probably know it by heart now because my child was obsessed with it. It's called Jabari jumps. It's about, it's by, um, Gaia Cornwall. And it's basically like this little boy Jabari's at the pool and there's a really tall diving board. And he really wants to jump up. He climbs up to the top and then climbs back down. And he's like, I'm a little nervous. And he like, he doesn't want to do it. And his dad or his parents says, um, you know, sometimes when I think I'm nervous, if I sit with it for a while, I realize that my nervous feelings are just excited. I'm excited. Or that nervous and excited can feel the same. And like, obviously it's a kid's book. Obviously I know that there's a little bit more nuance there that like we can be nervous and excited. You know, we can be just nervous. Something can be just terrifying, but I guess I just want to pose that to you. Like the next time you're feeling that panic, I want you to say, am I nervous or am I excited at the, because I am at the precipice of something new and unknown. Am I nervous or am I excited that this could go right? 
you know, instead of wrong. Um, because I think it's small little shifts like that, that make us say yes more in life, even when, when we are nervous, even when we're anxious, even when we could fail, we say yes. Um, because all of that's failing is guaranteed too. nervousness is a part of it. But, but I, I like to think about the idea that like nervousness is required for excitement, you know, that they're hand in hand. And the last thing I want to offer to you is going back to the caterpillar. Um, another thing I learned from Adrian Gibson is that when cat, when caterpillars are in their cocoons during their metamorphosis into butterflies, they, there's a moment in that process where they become completely liquid. Like there is a, an, a there's a moment where there's no more caterpillar. It's just literally fluid. And that fluid somehow reconfigures itself into a totally different being wild. Isn't that wild? And <laughs> so weird. I'm going to, I'm going to misquote this. I'm going to misquote this, but I also read like an article about a study where they realized that the liquid state of the chrysalis retains like memory. Like there there's yeah. consciousness in it. I think I read about because, that too. Because like they yeah. zapped them or something. Yep, I don't and know. then they anyway, remembered the zaps. That's, that's, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Something <laughs> neither here nor there, but I just want to use this as a metaphor that like, it's okay to be a little fluid right now. It's okay to like be in that liquid state where you don't totally have a perfect outline for who you are and who you're going to be. You're still metamorphosizing. You're still in this beautiful, vulnerable, terrifying and magnificent time in your life where you are you are that child discovering the world over and over again every day. And you can bring the innocence and wonder and nervousness and excitement into all of this while you're giving yourself grace that like, we're going to show up imperfectly in life. You know, the world will try and harden us uh, in lots of different ways. And even despite that, we, we get to choose gentleness, right? It's, it's a choice that we get to make in how we interact with ourselves and with other people. And, you know, if you can keep that desire for kindness and gentleness with you as you decide and continue to decide what your life is going to look like and be, then I, I think that you're going to find a path forward for you that will be chaotic and messy and beautiful and will hopefully take you to places where you have always wanted to be. Yeah. My darling, if it's not abundantly clear, we love you and we see you in this time of liquidy transition and we hope this helps. Thank you so much for writing. We love you. All right, friends, it is Friday, and on Fridays, we like to give you a blind date, which is when we try and send you home with something that we really like, and this week, our blind date is? It is an app called Opal. You might have seen um, advertisements for it, like on your social media. It's all about, it's, it's, it's an app that controls your phone usage, hmm. and it's meant to help you get your screen time down or, or whatever. Um, and now Sam years ago in the beginning of the podcast, Sam taught me how to like put like a time yeah, clock uh -huh. on my phone. Yep. I don't remember what they're called, but that you could always like turn off yeah. <laughs> it's like, uh, <laughs> with a click that. of a button. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I just want to say that the app Opal makes it, it's just, it's so smartly made. Um, and for example, like I made a block 
that I label, you can make things called blocks. I I label it family time. Um, I'm really bad at like picking up my phone first thing in the morning. So I made a block uh, from 6 a.m. to 10 a.m., which is on work days when, you know, when I've got to like post things or whatever. Um, And you get to pick the apps that it blocks. And then to, if you need to, for example, like I've had to go on there and post something for my classes or whatever, you can snooze it, but they make it harder every time to snooze. (laughs) And there's like, they put a lot of friction in between it. It just seems like a really smartly made app. I will say they, there's a free and a paid version. And the paid version is a little bit out of my price range for an app that I'm just trying out. But to be fair, I've been using it for like a month and I've had like great time with, but they'll constantly ask you to pay, but there's a free version of it. You just only get one block. Does that make sense? What's cool about it is if you do want to pay a reasonable amount of money, like it's not terrible, but if you do want to pay, you can set block, you can set multiple blocks. You can have a schedule like Monday, Wednesday, Friday, you know, you want quiet time from this time or whatever. And I just... I had been looking, I'd seen this app all over for the last couple of years, but I've really tried to go down on my screen time and be intentional about when I log on and how long I log on. Um, It's really helped. I really like genuine, I mean, all of our blind dates are genuine endorsements, but I really like this app. It's called Opal. R.I.P. (laughs) When you said Opal, I was like, "Uh oh, no. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Anyway. Okay. Uh, yeah, that's it. Awesome. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. If you would like more content from us, or if you would like to join us for our monthly office hours, you can support us on Patreon. If you support us on Patreon for as little as $5 a month, you'll get an additional bonus weekly episode, as well as access to those monthly office hours, which is when Sierra and I hop on Zoom with anyone who wants to join us and answer questions and do a bunch of other stuff. That's patreon.com slash justbreakuppod. I think our next one is coming up this weekend, February 25th at 3 p.m. Eastern. Yes, on Sunday. So sign up now and you can be part of that uh, office hours. You can Zoom with us. Yeah. You can also slide into our DM, send us your favorite relationship meme. But most importantly, you can submit your questions about all matters of the heart at JustBreakUpPod.com, which is also where you can find our merchandise. Please remember to like, follow, subscribe, give us a five-star rating and review. This literally keeps our mics on and helps us reach more brokenhearted souls who need two random strangers giving them relationship advice. Just Break Up is a production of Duvid Media, original music recording, editing, producing all magical things by our good friend Spencer Worth Davis. Make sure to check out his podcast and his music. And remember, it's okay if you're feeling a little aimless right now, a little boundaryless or uncertain about the what the next step is. It's okay to be in your chrysalis stage to be liquid, to be moving through world without the parameters that you thought you might have. We all go through stages and seasons of life. We all go through changes and metamorphoses. It's okay to be in the middle of one. It's okay to not be completely finished. And if all else fails, just break up. <laughs>